What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Cat Chronicles, the official podcast of the Houston Sabercats. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and I have another great show for you guys this week. But before we get into that, as always, in our last episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Sabercats fly half, Mr. Robbie Paulvey. If you missed our conversation by any chance, please be sure to check out that episode and all of our other latest installments on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. On this week's show, I am joined by a guy you all should be familiar with due to his hard work and dedication for the Sabercast both on and off the pitch. It is an honor and a privilege to welcome with me today, Mr. Taylor Howden. Taylor, what's going on, my dude? Hey, Cody, bro. How are you, man? Doing well, doing well. First and foremost, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on Cat Chronicles. And before we get into everything, do you ever take time to rest? Because not only are you committing and helping this team win games on the rugby pitch, but you are also the team academy director. Do you ever take time just to rest and just take a breath and huh, just just catch some sleep? Because every time I see you, you, you are always busy. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, that's um, that's a nice sort of thing to hear. But no, I do take time uh, to uh, to rest and reset. You know, um, typically it's um, I drive about a, an hour and fifteen minutes to Aviva each day. So um, in that drive in the morning is a time to reset and have a coffee and and uh, kind of relax. And then uh, the same thing on the way home. So. Um, but obviously I get my time to relax in the evenings and things like that when I'm not out doing stuff with the kids and things. So, but uh, Hey, that's nice guy. I really appreciate you saying those things. That's really nice. <laughs> you welcome. You welcome. Um, and, and also before we get into things, how are you and your family doing during this time of crisis? Um, you know, now that it's been, uh, it's been a while, um, uh, you know, with, with coronavirus and we're whatever it's 16, 18 weeks or something in. Um, you know, it's not it's not that new anymore. So um, it's just become sort of a way of life to, you know, wear a mask and, um, you know, social distance yourself when you're at the grocery store and things like that. So, uh, you know, obviously took a bit of getting used to, um, but now it's just sort of just sort of normal, you know, and you just got to play your part. So, um, but my family and I are good. Um, everybody's healthy and everybody's doing well. So, you know, we'll just we'll just kind of continue to keep on doing those things and then once the once the virus either subsides or there's a vaccine or you know it becomes safer to to uh to get outside and to to be closer to people and we'll start doing that but now we're we're going all right at the moment yes sir so tell her let's jump right into things so the sabercats fan base can get to know you a little bit better behind the scenes so 2020 was your first season in Houston, but we all know why you guys only got an opportunity to play a quarter of your season. Given everything that has happened, how would you describe your first season with the Sabercats? Well, um, obviously, to two years um, previous, I was I was playing with uh, New Orleans um, in the MLR, so we would uh, we would actually play against Houston a fair few times, and um, every time. I played against Houston um, for Nola. It was always one of the most physical games that we played. So coming into into Houston this year, I knew that the the team was physical. It was going to be um, um, you know a tough preseason with Ash Jones as our our um, strength and conditioning coach. And um, 
obviously the facilities at Aviva are unreal. So I kind of knew what a little bit about the Sabercats and um, obviously knew some of the players that I had played with in previous teams um, before. And, um, you know, it was, um, my family actually live in Houston as well. Um, you know, my, my mum, stepfather and, and little sister all live here too. So um, there was a bit of comfortability about coming to Houston. So uh, for me, sort of at the tail end of the career, I was like, you know, when I first moved to America, um, Houston was where I moved originally in 2006. So for me, it was kind of like coming full circle. I'd come and I'd arrived here and I'd gone sort of all over the, the country playing rugby and um, ended up starting my own family. And then um, I just thought it was pretty cool to, you know, finish my career out here in, in Houston with the Sabercats. So um, it's been, a, it's been a, obviously five games and getting the season cancelled was a bit unfortunate, but uh, I've loved every minute of it training hard at Viva with the facilities the coaching staff are amazing um the players the player base we have here is awesome um and uh yeah I've really enjoyed it that's something we don't come across too often in this league you know a lot of guys the first time they come to not just Houston but to America itself is when they sign with MLR teams so what factor played into you moving to Houston in 2006 well um I was living in Australia at the time and I uh, was 19 and uh, my mum was, was, had remarried and was married to uh, an American guy from, from Texas. So she um, had moved over here and was living here. And um, at the time I, they had, um, you know, they had their, my mum's third child, my little sister. So, I had I'd actually come over and um, just to meet her and meet my little sister. And uh, at that time, I decided that I, you know, kind of liked it and wanted to sort of stay along. So uh, my mum sponsored me to get my green card. So um, that was that sort of how that worked. Yeah, and then I ended up going out to Colorado and California and Ohio and New Orleans before coming back. So you just been all over the country, then, huh? Some type of journeyman, people may may say. <laughs> you right, you right. So um you said you played two seasons with the Nola Gold, correct? Yep, that's right. How was that experience and what was the biggest difference when you came to the Sabercats? Uh well the biggest difference uh is for sure the facilities. Um mm-hmm. and um obviously Aviva is um state of the art, you know, best best stadium in the MLR, best rugby stadium in the country, in my opinion. Um and so that was the, you know, that was the, the, the biggest difference optically, I suppose, because, um, you know, NOLA, while NOLA was, had, a, had a great little um, training facility and, and a clubhouse and a nice gym at, at the WAC there, they had, um, you know, they, they kind of had to, to travel and, 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 you know, go from the clubhouse to the gym and then back to the clubhouse and then clubhouse to the field. And while that wasn't a problem at all, you know, that's just the biggest difference between between NOLA and, and Houston. So when the Sabercats played against the NOLA goal in a preseason game in January, did it feel a little bit uh, playing against your old teammates? Uh, it did, actually. It felt, um, it, felt, it felt strange, but it felt cool as well because, um, you know, I don't know, I just get, got to step out there on the field with my, you know, my new teammates and my new brothers and then, 
Um, I got to, uh, you know, I got to, to front up versus, versus my old teammates, which was good. And, um, you know, and, and sort of that's what rugby's about, really. It's about making making friendships and making memories along the way with with different teammates. And, you know, and then you get an opportunity to stack up against them. And, uh, you know, and there was a couple of, there was a couple of uh, wee niggles in the ruck and, um you know, a few handbags here and there, just a bit of fun. But, um, I mean, it was good, you know. And, and obviously, Nola got the best of us that day. And, um, you know, they were they were on a on a bit of a roll in the MLR. And I think we were just sort of finding our feet in the MLR. So, um, you know, with the season being cut, cut so short, um, I think us as Houston, we were really about to turn it around and, and, and make a wee run for it. So after you finish your two-year career in New Orleans, can you give us some background knowledge on your journey to the Sabercats? How was it when you were a free agent seeking which team would be the best fit for you? And what led you to your ultimate decision, of course, in coming to Houston? Um, just just kind of like, um, as, I, as I sort of alluded to before, when I started my rugby career in America, it was in Houston. So at 33 now, um, Next season I'll be 34, um, you know, and you can't play forever. So for me, it was the the thought of of coming back to Houston and being able to give back to Houston, the Houston rugby community, um, both as a player and as a a um, an academy coordinator and and baby uh, youth development, um, youth rugby development type of person here in Houston. So that was kind of. Uh, kind of it for me really the the one that was like okay you know I started here I've been around the country I've um I've played in a lot of rugby teams met a lot of good people and um I think it would be cool to to end my career and finish my career at the same place I started it in America The Houston Sabercats would like to send an exclusive thank you to Aviva for being the proud sponsor of the Houston Sabercats Aviva the world's leading provider of engineering and industrial software as I mentioned earlier in the show, you have an extreme dedication to the Sabercats both on and off the rugby pitch, most noticeably with the work that you do as the academy director for the Sabercats. So can you take me a little bit behind the scenes on how did you get involved in taking over the reins as the new Sabercats academy director and how important it is for you to continue growing the sport of rugby in Houston? Last year, uh, last year, uh, Matt Trubel, who ended up um, moving up to Seattle and um, starting his own little family up there, he was, was sort of running the academy. And um, when I originally signed with Houston, this was it wasn't uh, really talked about too much that this was an option for me. Um, and then as uh, as things sort of got a little bit closer, this position sort of opened up, and I had, um, you know, I had told Paul Emmerich that uh, I was, you know, I wanted to be strongly considered for that position. I did it in NOLA, I've done it in Ohio, I've done it for a long time and I felt like I was pretty experienced to to hop into that role and I was, was lucky enough to be able to be given that position. So um I uh I um that was sort of how, how it how it came about and um you know it's super important I think for in a in a progressive city like like Houston and in a progressive rugby city like Houston, um, where there are a lot of kids playing and, and there's professional sport now in, in for rugby in Houston and Austin and Dallas, meaning the state of Texas is just growing and growing and growing. 
it's important that I play my role here as as an academy director to um, to continue to upskill these young kids and and get them learning the game and having fun with it and enjoying the sport and seeing what all it can bring to you know to you as a youngster. I mean, when I started, I was young and I have some of my greatest memories playing rugby when I was younger. And um, you know, so I've got to make sure that I fulfil my duty to give those kids and and young men and women the same opportunities that I had. And as of right now, the Sabercats are in the midst of holding their um, annual rugby camps. How that's going right now, especially given, you know, there might be a couple parents who might want to sign their kids up for the summer camps. But given everything that's going on with the coronavirus, how are you guys actually taking more precaution and making sure that you guys keep these kids safe, but at the same time, let them have fun? Yeah, uh, so that's a you know that's a hard one because obviously um, this, our first camp at the moment is six to twelve year olds, and um, you know it can be hard to to you know to try and keep these these young kids away from each other and um, you know following the precautions that we've set. It can be difficult, so it's a challenging it's a challenging task. But um, you know we do we do all all the things that we're supposed to be doing. You know we we take temperatures um, every day. Um, we have hand sanitizer and hand washing stations at the field. Um, we only congregate in groups of eight, um, and we have one coach per group of eight. Um, so, you know, it kind of limits the things that we can do on the field. Um, but at the end of the day, safety is the most important thing, and we just got to make sure that we keep these kids safe, not just the kids, but the coaches and the people that they interact with as well. So, um, yeah, but. Cody, man, it's been challenging, eh? But um, the kids have been great, and you know they, you know they listen and they they're doing the doing the best, and they know about it too. At, at, at age of six to twelve, they kind of understand a little bit about it. So um, it's been good. Next week, the the high school kids will be um, will be will be at camp, and and um, we'll have the same exact precautions for for them as we did this week. Given everything that's, that has been going on, I know this is like heaven for most of those kids because some of them, they've been locked in their house since March. And I know they've just been dying just to get a breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, they have, you know, like these, um, <laughs> the, the first day of camp was, um, you know, it was actually, was actually an awesome, an awesome day, a real, a real learning experience for myself and the coaches as well. Um, and just these kids were just so Full of energy and they were vibrant and um, they were they were just wanting to do ev- everything and anything under the literal literal sun, um, you know. And and uh, they just they, they just were super happy to be out and and um, on the, on the grass and things like that. And I'd, toward the end, we you know we because um, it's so hot here in Houston, you know, we played some some water games. Um, so we had a little bit of a. a, a sponge water squirt filling type of game <laughs> at the end and all the kids took their shoes off and uh, they were just running around and it was such a good time seeing them all happy and smiling. This was the first year that the Sabercats really took a step forward into getting into schools and developing those relationships. I know since I've been here since 2017, this is something that we have tried to do. But every time it seemed like we took a step forward, something would happen and we have to take two steps back. So given everything that has happened this year, how do you guys plan to continue building those relationships heading into the new school year and beyond? Um, that's a, a great question. And, um, 
you know, obviously, um, before the pandemic hit, we, like you said, we were making some good strides, and um, now we're going to have to start, you know, again, I suppose. But basically, what what we're doing is um, we have a, uh, a a three, six, and a nine week program um, that we um, <clears throat> uh, would like to get into the schools into their PE curriculum. And basically, what it is is um, a uh, there's 27 game and skill cards that have been laminated that they have everything on them from um, um, catching and passing, um, decision making, continuity. Um, there are games on there, but every 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 single card has um, how many people you need to play, how to play, equipment needed to play, coaching progressions that can um, that you can use if they are. Our kids are doing well um, and it's 27 laminated pages and what we're doing is we're just taking that that curriculum to the PE teachers and the athletic directors and then sending a, a Sabercat coach in there to um, to help for the first three weeks and then if they decide that they wanted a curriculum we're just going to give them one of those um, one of those booklets and um, they they adhere to all of the teaks in Texas, which was something new to me, I didn't know about in, in Houston. All the schools or, or anything extracurricular that comes in has to meet TEKS, which is Texas Education um, something something. But basically, it's a uh, you have to hit all these specific marks in order for it to be taught at the school. And uh, and I just want to quickly, you know, shout out to Larry Monks and uh, I think Stephanie Romero. Um, who, who had put originally put these together and allowed us to use them. So, Another great element about you guys working with schools, you all have had the opportunity to work with a few football teams around the city to teach them the proper way to tackle. How was that experience, having football coaches reaching out to you guys to not only teach their athletes to excel in their sport, but to do it in a safer manner? Um, th- so, yeah, we, we did some um some tackle some tackle technique stuff with some football teams and um Cecil Garber was uh was sort of the head of that one um as a former football player so um yeah we we were able to get get into a couple of schools and sort of teach them these simple effective ways of of tackling and being safe um and the the reception from the kids was unreal and the last year when we did it actually when I I wasn't a part of the Sabercats at this point but last year um, they went and did a football camp at one of the schools, and the schools that school ended up their football team ended up winning the oh, wow. um, regional championship. Oh. And their coach was Canavis McGee, who was a former uh, Houston Oiler, I think he was a former NFL player, and he absolutely loved it. And what he did for us, Canavis was unreal. He ended up getting all of these football coaches and saying, "Hey, you guys got to get the Houston SaberCats." Um, to come in and do some football uh, tackle technique. It's, it's so good. It's safe. I, I recommend it. And just being, you know, having having Canavis, who was a former football player and, and high school coach who won that competition, you know, back us and, and tell all the other football coaches it was awesome for us that he basically did, you know, all the groundwork for us and we were just able to go in and do the easy stuff. So um, that, was, uh, that was awesome. And, and we had a lot of good feedback from some of the coaches we did. And then, you know, obviously now with with the uh, coronavirus, we've had to we've had to stop all 
you know, all camps and that thing. So once we get back up in the fall, we'll be we'll be back out to all these schools doing these these um, tackle clinics with football coaches uh, and um, you know uh, putting our, our rugby curriculum into their PE classes as well. Will you be a part of the new rugby HTX team? And if so, what can Sabercats fans expect from the new feeder team here in Houston? There will be a new club, uh, a new team here in Houston. It's going to be called Rugby HTX. And basically what that, um, basically going to um, act as our feeder club for the Houston Sabercats. So what we're going to do is, um, anyone who wishes to play for Rugby ATX, we're not going to play in in, in, a, in a USA Rugby sanctioned competition. So we're not going to play in the Red River D1 or D2 or D3 competition. We're going to play, um, you know, quote unquote friendlies um, against uh, teams like, um, you know, the NOLA Gold uh, Academy team, uh, Atlanta's uh, Life uh, 404 and Life University, um, you know, maybe a couple of friendlies versus the the other local D1 teams in Austin, Dallas, and in Houston. And <clears throat> these players will um, play the season alongside the Sabercats. They'll be able to train with the Sabercats. Um, they'll be able to use the facilities that all, all the Sabercats get to use in terms of gym and um, medical excuse me, medical and um, on-field facilities. And what will happen, what might happen is, for example, um, player A is playing for the Sabercats and uh, unfortunately he gets injured. And player B comes from the bench of the Sabercats and he ends up getting a starting position. Now you've got player C that comes from the rugby HTX that pushes up into the Houston Sabercats onto the bench position. and Basically, what we've done is we've created a pathway now from local club rugby, um, high-performing player. We say, if you would like to come over and train with us and play with us at Rugby HTX, if you are selected for the, uh, if you are not selected for the team on the weekend, then you'll go back to your club and you can play for your club. Um, you'll still be able to get a training session with your club. Um, but basically, it's just a pathway for us to bring players in. Put them inside, uh, put them alongside the Sabercats, let them train under the same coaching and um, uh, <clears throat> these guys now have an opportunity to be seen directly underneath, directly, sorry, by the Houston Sabercats coaching staff and they, you know, have a, a direct pathway up into professional rugby. So it's just uh, another team for them to, to get players to get coached uh, and upskilled and play games uh, and then you know, an injury or something happens up top in the Sabercats, then we just get to filter a guy through, you know, and, and then someone else joins the rugby HDX team. So it's just a, that filtration system from club rugby to professional rugby. The Houston Sabercats would like to thank ACU of Texas, Anglia Homes, Buffalo Specialties, Houston Pool Renovations, Hugh O'Connors, Carbock Brewing, Killam Pest Control, Massaging Moments, Mustang Cat, Pamela Printing, Tough Mutter, Baylor Sports Medicine, and Pepsi for being proud partners of the Houston Sabercats. 
Taylor Howden here on Cat Chronicles. Taylor, before I let you go, let's get to know you a little bit on a personal level, if you don't mind sharing. What are some of your favorite shows you are currently been watching right now? Oh, um, okay. So, I guess I haven't, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really watch much shows. I guess I started the Peaky Blinders a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Um, a so couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, like maybe two years ago I started watching that. I'm not too sure. So, um, but now, but I'm back watching that. So I'm watching the Peaky Blinders. Um, I just watched uh, something on Netflix last night, which is pretty cool. It was called Magnetic. Mm-hmm. It was about um, it was about um, some extreme athletes, um, sort of toe surfers and and skiers and stuff like that that are going to like these crazy, huge um, mountains and and getting these crazy huge waves and. Uh, putting their lives on the line each time, which is pretty cool. Um, what else? I haven't watched Game of Thrones at all, so. Oh, you're not the only one. one. <laughs> you're not <Okay>. the only <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, but that's probably it, Cody. I just think maybe just the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna have to check that out when I get a chance. But um, next question: favorite genre of music. Oh, hip hop really probably I mean actually not probably like definitely mm. I think I think hip hop um you know probably probably a little bit more old school hip hop sort mm-hmm. of tribe called quest little brother type of hip hop is sort of where I mm. where I like to listen um but then uh but I also like reggae um and I'm more of like a on a on a rugby morning, I'm more of a, a reggae person on a rugby mor- morning instead of something that's like gets me moving. I'm more of a chilled out kind of kind of music uh, listener on on game days. I'd say yeah, hip hop and reggae. Hmm. That, that that's that's interesting because every time I ask this question to one of your teammates, the the majority of the answer is always country. So it's good to know that we finally got someone in here who who loves hip hop just as much <laughs> as I do, and especially Drew. You and Drew Nunnery, our um the Saber Cats social media coordinator, yep. you guys would possibly do really well together working in the same office. He loves um hip hop, especially old school hip hop. I know you mentioned that you like a tribe called Quest. Who are some of the other artists you like to venture out and see? Um, okay, so obviously it's a, a tribal quest, as I said. Little Brother, which, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Fontaine and Ninth Wonder, um, they, they were a huge uh, um, sort of group for me when I was sort of growing up. Um, can't go past the Wu-Tang Clan, for sure. Uh, who else? Um, this, um, Nas, Big L, who else we got? You just like them all from that era, huh? <laughs> yeah, from sort of, I like it mostly from that, from, from that era, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. but there are others I like, I like, you know, like the sort of newer, you know, newer people, J. Cole and Drake, and I guess they're not, not newer, but, um, a little more bit, modern a little day. bit you know more modern day i suppose yeah um at what age did you start playing rugby and what about it drew you to the game more than any other sport um okay i started playing when i was four 
but I actually started playing rugby league. So um, when I was young, I, my dad was a rugby league player, so I started playing rugby league. Um, and and uh, and then I ended up transferring over to rugby maybe when I was like nine or ten, maybe I can't remember exactly when I switched over, but um, but yeah, so I was I was uh, you know thirty three now, so twenty um, twenty nine years almost almost 30 years playing the game so um and what kept me playing well you know back back when you're back when you're a kid you 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 love evading people and you love running with the ball and um as it, as you got older and you started you know learning positions and 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 how the actual game works you know because you because you you can run with the ball you can tackle you can you can kick you can pass you can do everything that's kind of what you know, what draws you to the game at it, you know, when you're sort of 10, 11, 12. Um, and then, you know, when you get into high school rugby, you know, and that's when you start making those those real friendships and you start, you know, like, um, you know, you start playing rugby with someone and hanging out with them after school and, you know, and hanging out with them on the weekends and then they just become your mates, you know, and, and then, um, you know, that's, that's a key part of of the game, and and one of the greatest parts of the game is those friendships and bonds you make. So that's what keeps you in it, or keeps me in it, I guess, because I keep on making friends. So um, I like doing that. Fun. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good, my man. Well, Taylor, it's been a pleasure speaking with you this week on Cat Chronicles. Is there anything you would like to share with the SaberCats fan base before I let you go? Thank you very much to all the fans that supported us through um through the season and the last three seasons since we've been um you know since mlr's been around and i cannot wait to see you guys um filling the stands for our 2021 season and um i hope all our fans are safe and um enjoying the summer and um yeah really looking forward to seeing you guys um in the stands and and meeting the fans pre and post game and looking forward to um, getting that real community feel back again at Aviva. Sounds like a plan. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for taking the time to join us this week on Cat Chronicles and good luck with everything. And I can't wait to see you again, man. Thanks very much, Cody. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me and uh, have a great weekend and we'll see you soon.